this temple in Revelation 21 and verse 17 on down, where God and Jesus is joining together, which the word is the thought. The word is eternal life. Each individual down here on earth believes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the word. And that's how we're going to identify with everyone, with Christ's family as his word and not as we're looking now because all this is, won't be no more remembrance of how we see each other here. But there, everybody going to be the word of God combined together. And those are the thoughts and the energy of God, Son, Jesus Christ with eternal life is the word. It's the word. Everything we talk. God said he in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word dwelt among men and became flesh. And that flesh that it was talking about then was still the word. And by the way, that's John, big John number one, first chapter. Yes, sir. <laughs> Just quoted, I should say. So that's it, uh, Ira, and they continue to believe the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection. They're passed from death into life, right where they lay, sleep, walk, talk, running, fall, whatever. Believe the gospel when you hear, and you'll be saved forever. You know, Ralph, you know, right before we came on the air, you and I, I was, we were talking, uh, thank you guys for the prayers for our inauguration this past week. And while I was, you know, being checked in, you know, I came with, I already come with these little phrases, okay, and I shared with you guys, and I was saying that contentment is the next, is a blessing all by itself, you know, and so when you can be content, you know, Rev, I'm right here, that all things are well with you and God. Amen. Because they say you got, you you made peace, okay, and that's real peace between your heart and within your soul, that those things going to be all right. Amen. Because I know, Scott, come on on this week. You're troubled, okay? You ain't at peace with God. That's that's right. And you're definitely not content. <laughs> that's the truth. That That's why I, I said we are the Word. The Word. Everybody that's born again is the Word of God. Yes. And the Word is eternal life. And this life comes from God. And, and, and I, think, I think another thing that we have to all, have to all remember here, for real, is that if we believe, and you say this is time and time and time and time again, we got to believe for us to receive. Amen. If you don't believe, you can't receive. Sure you okay. can. You're going to bust hell wide open, too. And it'll be your <laughs> own right now, fault. Place you want to be in right now. <laughs> we, just, we can just imagine how, what we're seeing here nowadays. I would be a, you know, the, uh, it's a place you don't like, when Lazarus said, no, it wasn't Lazarus, who was in, who was in hell? And he said, can you go there and tell my brothers, that please don't come down here. Who was that, Rev? That was uh, in Luke 16. That was the rich man in the beggar. Yeah, rich, yeah. Yeah, and so he went to hell, he went to heaven, and he saw some up there, he you know, enjoyed a good life. He said, please. He said, no, nah, there's no gulf between us. You, you may see, but you can't go. Amen. That's right. And the reason why they can't go there is because God don't have nothing 
that's unholy in his being. Everything has to be holy. Yes, sir. If it ain't holy, it ain't here. Sure ain't, it ain't here. Now all that belongs to the devil and his demons and the false prophet, which down here lying to these people, having these people talking about getting rich and all that kind of stuff. You need to get rich in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what you need to get rich in. Not this uh, mammon. That mammon is talking about possession of things that you down here. That's going to rot. But the word of God won't rot. Well, when there's no realm, we know we got the Holy Spirit going today. So when there's no, we got a full show for you today. I mean, a very full show today, okay? And we got you going on, so Scott, I don't know. Life is good. Frickles in USA, HotTopRadio.com. Lunch with the Little Team of Commerce. Take it out again, sir. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you because of who you are.
coming ashore someplace in Texas. We're not quite sure where that's going to hit us at, but we, right now we know that uh, Beta is going to be uh, on, uh, on our West Coast, you know, in the Gulf of Mexico, I guess, in some place. Uh, it would be nice if we was on the West Coast. Scott, can you imagine that real? If the hurricane would hit, hit out in California right now, that would be a blessing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, 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 I'm so glad. I'm so glad the Lord is protecting us. Even within the storms, He protects us. Yeah. According to the book of Nahum, in the first chapter, He guides the storm. Everything that goes on in the universe, God is guiding it. And Jesus Christ and the Holy yeah. Spirit, they guide all that. And they send it exactly where they wanted to go. You know, and one of the things that we got know, that we know that Israel just finished you know, earlier in, in his uh, in his prayer and his teaching that you know you walk by faith and not by sight. Well, right now uh, people can actually look and and feel the fires. The whole towns, I mean, whole little small towns and cities have been totally destroyed. I mean, wiped out, wiped out. And that's, and you know, if you go along with that, okay, we got these hurricanes hitting the East Coast, no, the West Coast, I want to say. No, I want to say West, but the Gulf of Mexico and the East Coast. And these, you know, we just, they're coming right up, they're coming rapidly right now. We are, we're going on number 23, 22 right now. So that's, that means coming at a rapid pace. And then on top of that, you've been in the pandemic on top of that. We got a perfect storm. Would you say that's so real? Yeah. I mean, a perfect storm of disaster. Yes, sir. Because could you imagine uh, out there, you know, and this is this is this is real life stuff here. People are dying in California. They wanted the top states to go along with that. Now you got this bad air that you got to breathe. Yep. You know, you you see, you see pictures of uh, the San Francisco Bay Bridge. You know, famous bridge. You can't see halfway across the bridge. I mean, yes. and, then, and plus the sky is red. Mm. Now that has to be frightening to anybody. Yep. You know, just have to see that. You know, and, and for us to be here in Staines, Missouri, we halfway halfway across the country from California, and we actually seen the smoke in our in, in St. Louis. Yep. And in some cases, you know, you can you can actually smell it. You know, something, Iris? These people are still stiff naked, and they saying, "See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil." They still say everything. Go go change it's gonna get better but it ain't gonna get better the world is waxing worse and worse god cannot lie and you keep living you gonna see and, and remember, remember you know I, I just mentioned the the, the, the the hurricanes i just mentioned the pandemic i just mentioned the the, 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 the wildfires but also we gotta put in that injustice right now as we're having riot riots in yep. the streets yeah you know, right now, you know, uh, policemen are killing uh, black, you know, not just black men, but black men get more attention. The police officers, you know, are killing them. And most times they don't have a reason for it. They just got to cover it up. Yeah. You know, I always were told, you know, you know, it's got, you can chime in here. Most times, you know, you know, the deed is not, they're bad so people try to cover it up. And that's when it gets get worse. The Cover-ups do make things worse. It's just like yeah, lying. I mean, you honest about something, you know, and like your football and like you said, and basketball, you know, sports, okay. The person that does the, the first thing, okay, he normally gets away is that second person that retaliates, he's the one to get the foul. 
But what they forgot, uh, Ira, God said, what's ever in the dark is come to the light. Well, real right now, uh, uh, more, uh, a good example right now of uh, New York State, uh, New York, up there, okay, but, but the, uh, we got a black mayor, a black police chief, and uh, a whole lot of black, you know, top officials in the police department. This is something that happened way back months ago where a man, when, when the call came through, they wanted somebody to come out, and I guess this this goes back to the states not having money for hospitalizations. But you know, there was a time that if you had some psychological problem, you had a hospital you could go to. Like right? we had that here in St. Louis. Yes. You had, you know, if you had those issues. You had some place to go. Right. Well, right now, all those places have been cut out. So sure right have. now, I feel sorry for the police officers. I mean, they're they're the, you know, they're the social workers, they're the peacemakers. They do everything, but they job in some cases. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, except for the fact that they don't, not that they don't have the money, is that they're not using the money a lot of times. Well, what's well, well, kind I think, you know, uh, uh, you know, since we had the Gulf War, which is a war that in most wars we had in the past, they had money that paid for them. But this war that we had in the Gulf War, you that is, is on the books and not being actual war that we're actually paying for. And so that meant, you go back to the, before the war started, that we were a, a nation of abundance. But now as they're moving money around and you know, appropriate money every, every year sometimes, and not in advance, it becomes a fight of who gets the money now that it's got. Well, and that's true, but they're still not using it efficiently. Well, well Scott, I think right now, uh, you would agree with me that any police department right now, uh, we're here in St. Louis. We never prepared for all the, uh, you know, the riots that we had this past summer. Right. Yeah. We, we, we never, we never prepared for the, pan the pandemic that we had going through right now around the whole country. Yeah. And those, and those things are taking up resources that normally in the past, okay, would have went you know, for, for, for police training. For them to get, uh, you know, uh, you know, to get. As a matter of fact, the high policemen get them raises. Mm -hmm. matter, matter of fact, police departments right now, some of them, and, and, and to go along with teachers also, some of the, some of the lowest paid workers in the country. Yes, and that training should never come second place or right. third place. But none of that. You know, I mean, not only for the police department, the fire departments. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, when you go to any city, you got some cities that got old. Old equipment. Well, if you got a big fry, old equipment, you're in trouble. That's track. That's fact. And, and then in most cities now, they, they've been in taller buildings. Well, and guess what? If you build a 30 story building, okay, how many fire trucks can we get out? Well, and that's why people need to plan for things like that. <laughs> right, and then so they can plan. But if you got the money to go to go pay for it, you up to the fence, up the crowd, up without a paddle, as my mother would say. Yeah, well, I always wonder why people don't uh, prepare for the replacement of their equipment in a, in well, a business. Well, Scott, you know, in another life, okay, and I would consider St. Louis, I was in on some of those discussions with budgetary issues, and our fire department real with a test was one of the most best equipped in the, in the whole country at that time. This is true. Well, that was because, you know, we would, uh, city, uh, would pass different bond issues Know, to buy equipment and stuff. Yep. And so now, if most places right now don't want to pass bond issues now for the school district, 
they want to spend buying stuff for the fire departments. You know, yeah. for the fire departments. So that means at the end of the day, you're going to suffer. Yeah. And then, and then that, doesn't, that doesn't count the fact that uh, here in Missouri, especially, uh, you know, we, we got places like out in Westfield, places like that, they are growing, growing so fast that they don't that they, they don't have a chance to keep up with you know with, with um, a shortage okay. you know for uh, for money. Like I said, when they sit down, like now, it's really down. We had this conversation every, every week for last. You know, we're doing this for another couple weeks now with the census that all this money that's that's appropriated around the country is based on the census county gets so much money. And so what they don't plan for is you have an emergency. Well, and that's exactly right, and that's why we need to be part of the census, everybody. Yeah. Well, now, now Scott, having said that, you believe it, I believe it, Rev believe it, and I think Cheyenne believe it also as a young person, that we should plan for these things, but as a young person, Cheyenne, what are your thoughts as you sit back as a young person looking at the, at the country right now? We were talking about we got uh, a pandemic in the country, we got wildfires, we got uh, hurricanes in the Gulf, Gulf, and then we got injustices, you know, these riots all over the country. How do you see that as a young person in the U.S. Um, well, I honestly do believe the census is very important because that's how I do a bunch of my research. Oh, no, 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 no. We haven't got to the census yet, okay? We're just talking about right now, okay? Uh, we don't know. Oh. Oh, it's a mess. It's absolutely a mess. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, I'm just looking at all this happening, and I see a bunch of people just sitting back. I'm talking about a bunch of these government officials sitting back, and they're not really doing anything. And I was like, we, they say words, but they're not putting the actions behind the words. And with California on fire, that's like a big example of climate change like and, and these people are just like well we can push it off but what what happens when we get to the point where we can't push it off and it's too late you know i think one thing that scott just was saying we all were saying that you know that uh, we, we, we should plan better but if if you don't plan some stuff right now and i guess you know your predictions right now that weather forecast that you think gonna take place, but people ignore them so they don't put in the budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, since you mentioned California, you know, every year uh, we have these wildfires. You know, and they, that, doesn't, that doesn't count the uh, what they call it the uh, earthquakes they have out in California. Okay, we haven't gotten into that yet. You know, you know what I mean? And this is something that takes place, man. That one state. Every, every every year, you guarantee you to have some wildfires. Mm -hmm. And how do you budget for budget for something like that? Well, it's like they still have to budget it in because you know. Did you know that? Uh, to, uh, let me say this. Did you know when they uh, clear out the uh, fires, right? Mm -hmm. They use people in jail as firefighters, and they don't get paid that much. They get paid maybe pennies. Well, well, I'm saying, and, go, ahead, huh? I'm go, go ahead, go ahead, I'm just, go ahead. And so, again, this whole system is just, 
put it simply, a mess, okay? Because there's no, there's no preparation for any of this stuff, even though they know it's going to happen. You know, Sam, you, you, you raised a, a good point there, but uh, uh, I see some different ways. You mentioned the, uh, the wildfires, that they have, uh, you know, the uh, prison, prison there. Well, right now, okay, when a person goes to prison, uh, they are now going to that country. They have health insurance. Uh, they have uh, a meal every day. Uh, the only thing they have, they don't have any treatment they had before, and so for them to be doing some work, you know, you know, you know for the state, okay, it's saving lives. I think in most cases they find that they are, that they happen to go out and do something, okay, rather than sitting in, in a cell for a hours a day. Yeah. yeah and, 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 in, and in most cases, you know, in, in years gone by, you know, like, especially in the South, okay, you would have you know people work on, on on the chain gangs, you know, going out. Get on highways, take care of the highway, clean up the side of the highway, and stuff like that. You know, so I mean, uh, but again, it's a system now. Okay, if we if we if we if we plan better, or prepare better, or look look how we could you know, make things better, you could use that free labor because most guys in prison right now they go to the gym every day. They have prisoners most people out on the street. Yeah. And I can see one time when people get out of jail, they want to go right back to jail. Mm-hmm. Because they want somebody that, you know, they want to be in a control where they, they got a meal every day. You know, you know they, they're going to get a shower every night, you know. I don't know how they work, they're going to get a shower. And, and then they're going to make sure that uh, whatever happens, okay, if they, if they got a cold, they can go, they can, they're going to go to the, uh, to the, uh, to the, to the, to the, to the commissary. And and that's that's what I mean. But those are the things our country right now is looking at. There, you know, and like I said, you mentioned about climate climate control, climate change, call it what you want to call it. As we speak right now, the Antarctic up there, you know, the North Pole, glaciers are starting to melt. What are your thoughts about that? You know, um, if they melt too much, it would just rise the sea levels, right? Mm-hmm. And those rising sea levels would like damage everything. Have you ever seen a map of Louisiana? Okay. Yeah. Have you seen it currently? It's not a good. current map of Louisiana. It's not good. It's completely it's eroding away. Right. I was about to say that. Okay. You know, the time they have a hurricane, it takes away so much, so much land. You know, that you know, that soft sand goes away and it goes into the sea. And that's why yeah. people out of world they make their plans now with New Orleans alone being up at the sea level, and and pretty soon uh, it's going to be you know uh, how do they and, and not just New Orleans okay, but on but over in North and South Carolina over, over there on the East Coast, you know that's why people are moving more inland there for those recent stuff out there where people used to live at now it's been taken away from. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's and that's and that's the thing that no, no, I'm glad you as a young person, you're seeing that climate change is a real deal. Yes, absolutely. And the fact that you're doing your research, okay, you know more about it. But first of all, let's back up, okay. I'm proud of you because you just got a scholarship. Tell us about that. 
Oh, yes. I just won a scholarship um, from Charity Nation, of course, and it, it's going to help me pay for my books and all that stuff. Is because of my um, GPA I got last semester. Okay. And I got a 4.0 last semester. Oh, Congratulations. Yes. Good job. Thank you. Keep up <laughs> yes. the good work. I work work. really hard for that stuff. Yes, 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 yes. That's why I say, you know, Cheyenne uh, is you know, one of those exceptional young ladies that I love like a daughter to me and my family. Our families are really close. You know, her uncle is one of my best, best friends. You know, I really and I love the father. We are very close. And, but Cheyenne, you know, you know we saw the thing about the Zoomer, you know, she, she jumped on this. And not only, not only okay, did she get a scholarship and she's in college, okay, she's also started her own business. Also, tell us about that, Cheyenne. Oh, are you talking about the genealogy thing? Yes, ma'am. Oh, so <laughs> how I started it was that I wanted to find my own family because it was so uh, disconnected. And uh, my mother asked me one day uh, if I could find out more information about her own grandmother since she didn't know anything about her. She never even seen her face because she passed away before uh, she was born. And so from that, I started finding all these different cousins. I've been helping people find out who their family is as well. I saw about five adoption cases where people were looking for their biological parents. And it's, it's really amazing to see, um, I feel like the best thing is to see the joys on people's faces. And it, it's just so shocking because a lot of people say, wow, why are you doing this so young? I was like, this is the perfect time to talk to your older people before you have questions in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, and, and I will be honest with you. I just asked Cheyenne this week to make me a customer <laughs> to do my genealogy for my family. You know, because I I know real little about my my father's side of the family, and and she got started my fact right away. You know, so um, <laughs> okay, so she did it. So I, I guess uh, Cheyenne haven't said it. Okay, if you if you. If you found out more about your family, okay, what was the thing that inspired you the most to keep on going? Well, uh, what kept me going was, like, just the knowledge and the fact that these people survived through all this oppression, honestly. Like, I remember finding a letter, okay? It was written in the 1800s from my great, 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 great grandmother. And I was like, oh my goodness, these people, these people had personality, they existed and survived all this madness in this country. You know, and it just and kept me pushing to go further and further. I'm like, yeah, I wonder what else secrets are out there. <laughs> You're well, if yes. I, if I can interject a little bit, being uh, 58 years old, I only found out my family just this last May and uh, I'll tell you what it was an incredible feeling to find out that I had 15 uh, cousins that I had no idea about for 58 years 
Wow. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, when Scott told me about it, about it I was excited. I, I, I didn't talk about it. I was, you know, but that, I just, I remember when he was so excited about that. So, I mean, and I know people who have found out stuff that they didn't know they had cousins. Matter of fact, in, in the case of Cheyenne, let me be a little honesty here. Uh, a, a, a father side of the family and a mother side of the family are totally different in the way they make up because the father is embedded in Indian history, am I right? Yes. And then your mother's side of the family was deeply embedded into entrepreneurs. Her great-grandfather was a doctor. They had, matter of fact, I was told by your mother, okay, some of the pictures that she put on put out there about the families going back in the 1800s and stuff, you know, back in Indianapolis. They were well-to-do families. You get away $100,000 to colleges over there to institutions. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, so I mean, so again, you know, uh, you know, as a young person, you know, she's been inquisitive and, you know, and, 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 she, and I guess she has the time, you know, to, to do this as, as opposed to, you know, uh, lighting and you know, doing whatever, okay, but, but she's, I think all your friends right now uh, coming around you asking questions about what you're doing. They impressed with you as to what you're doing. I'm quite sure. Oh, yeah. A couple of my friends asked me to help uh, help them find their family as well. And one of the craziest stories was this girl went to elementary school, middle school, and high school with. Turns out we were distant cousins. Wow. We shared, like, one set of great-great-grandparents. I was like, oh, my goodness. No wonder we're so close. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's just mind-blowing. I mean, cousins, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's the whole thing, okay, that your family is so different than most black families. Most families in here, not just black families, because a lot of times, you know, people, you know, uh, don't communicate. You don't write things down. You don't document stuff. You know of what's going on. And I find myself one big on documentation. Scott, I'll tell you that, Scott. You know, and all of our shows we do, we document the shows before we do the shows. Oh yeah. And then we all right, Scott. You are correct, sir. Okay, and so and that's why I said so. Information like what you'll find, and you know, let's say the shows we're doing now, what Scott has done now. Is archived all of our programs on, on our on, 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 in our library, you know, a podcast I could call it. But he also put us in, in, on YouTube and off of Facebook and something. Is it what else is Scott that you have us on Twitch? I have, we have a uh, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and the uh, Ferguson USA Hot Talk Radio .com site. Yeah, so I mean, so right now all our shows are being archived, you know, for his for the prosperity reasons that. Cheyenne, I mean, your kids, you know, can take that for a head. He listens and say, hey, my grandmother was on radio way back on the internet, on the internet radio, kids in the future, way back then. You know, mm -hmm. how, that, how that's going to feel. Oh, yes. That, like, I'm really happy to be on here because it's, it's kind of like records. Okay. <laughs> we, we need all of those, okay? You know, Shane, uh, uh, this past Thursday night, okay, uh, 
through the back camera commerce, you know, with the back camera commerce, we partnered with Toyota last year. You already know, and we did the roundtable there in Kansas City at the back archives. And yeah. it was very successful. I mean, it was, it was just an idea that I Miss mean, Betsy Hughes had, and she called me. And uh, I'm and your, your uncle called, we collaborated, and they were even if she wanted. And so they came to Kansas City and had a dinner, and they gave about seven calls away to people for a whole week. Their parents got one. You know, and they had a good time archiving, you know, Kansas City and stuff. We had a big dinner. Well, that, that whole idea became a national program, I'm happy to say now. And yeah. we just did uh, one last year in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, this year we have done uh, a roundtable in Phoenix, uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, Philadelphia, and this past week we did one in Indianapolis, all virtual, by the way. And and this past this past week we did Thursday night, and just the other day I looked at on YouTube, looked at some stuff, looked at some stuff, okay, and then I found. That our dinner that we did in Indianapolis for the first time was up on YouTube right away. So that's been documented mm. more, more so, you know, and, and in the past we didn't document these things, you know, Beth and I didn't do that, you know. We just, you know, did them, you know, in the tournament, but somebody, you know, does at the dinner, put it up on, 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 on YouTube. She probably got it on Facebook. And that's showing, you know, more things that we're doing in our communities and stuff. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's the stuff like that, okay, that you know, our, our chamber, you know, history will reflect that this radio show that we do here in America now is Missouri Vaccine Commerce. And there's some other program that we got coming to come to town. In fact, MC Richardson comes on every Saturday right now at 5 o'clock, 6 p.m. Same with you know, guests who come to Kansas City is emanate out of Ferguson, USA, I'm talking about com. So we're across the state every week, right, Scott? That's right, sir. And we're with Mr. M.C. Richardson, uh, Yuma, United Minority Media Association. Yeah. And we've been having some great guests, you know, from Kansas City, you know, some council people there, uh, business people there, community people there. They all get on this radio station now. Yeah. And last year, this time, Scott, we were discussing out here what we're going to do next. <laughs> we were wondering if we'd get back on the air. Yeah, yeah we're just trying to get back on the air this time last year. Okay, and, uh, and, and, and by the way, and they said it also, Scott just got an award also, Cheyenne, for Ambassador of the Year for the work to get his radio station here. Wow, congratulations. Thank you, Cheyenne. Yeah, I mean, so we all, we all part this team together, okay, and this has been a collaboration that we brought a person your age in, because we all uh, uh, older people, and we want to know how you, young generation, looking at us and what we're doing and what we ain't doing right. You know, and uh, and one thing I would tell you this, okay, we listen to what you say. These people do. And a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. what you say, but they don't want to admit it. This is what you're talking about, what you, what you say. They, they don't want to see like somebody young telling you what to do. That's, not, that's, that's, that's the one way to look at life. Yeah. You know, you know, and I guess in the case what you're doing, uh, now what school are you going to this year? You're going to college yet? Oh, I'm going to the University of Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, no, 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 no that's the University of Missouri, KC. Yes. Okay, actually, I got that far, right? You know, and I guess you're doing this virtual, not not on campus. Oh yes, I'm I'm virtual this semester. Okay, well, let me ask you a question, Cheyenne. 
how do you how do you look at this uh, pandemic? Okay, you know, through your eyes, uh, as you look around and see the scene that's taking place, what are your thoughts? Looking at two hundred thousand Americans have died here, you know, and if anything could be, could have been done different. Okay, let's say if you've been president, what would you have done that that wasn't done at this point? Well, honestly, what should have been done was they should have forced, uh, enforced masks mm-hmm. at the beginning, okay, and gave it out to people because a bunch of people couldn't afford that one that this first family broke out. Mm-hmm. And then there should have been some type of uh, housing forgiveness because a lot of these people are losing their homes. Mm-hmm. And we're having um, higher rates of mass unemployment and, like, people losing their jobs and their houses. It's not good. And the thing is, uh, they should have watched the nursing homes much better. Like, it's just crazy how some of these nursing homes, a bunch of older people are just dying because they're not too secure about it. Like, it breaks my heart. I had um, my great-great-aunt, okay? She was in a nursing home, right? And she got COVID. Oh, my God. And she didn't make it. Oh. And we were very serious because the nursing homes uh, were like, well, they didn't have an explanation for any of us. Mm. And it's just, this whole thing is a mess because if you look at other countries, okay, like, say, for example, Canada, they don't have as high as numbers as we do here. Like, they put on stricter lockdowns, which people were kind of upset. But when you look at the United States, would you have stricter lockdowns? Would you want stricter lockdowns if less people die? Like, yeah. yeah, you want less people to die. It's just, mm, mm-hmm. Also, they should put out more stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what I would have done. It's just so sad. You know, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, okay, uh, I, I feel your loss for your, to be honest, you know, your loss and your family, but... One of the things that com- compounded that was that uh, family members could not visit their their uh, family members who are nursing homes. And I know from past history, from you know that when people you know are in nursing homes and if the family not visiting the people there, they are mistreated in most cases. Mm-hmm. And so and so right now with the family members not being able to go to go there to be to be you know to be you know reporting you know. If so and so not getting the right meals, or they're not getting turned over in the bed, you know, what I'm saying stuff like that, you know, all those type of things that you know that that, that you know that uh, you know, you go there and look at your family and you say, well, they're not looking good today. You know what I mean? And so you got to put all your trust in the in a nursing home person now. And in some cases, they themselves are infected. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think while you own that, you know, we have found that uh, that there are nursing home figures that have not been reported, where people have died. Yeah. 
after COVID, you know, in some cases, in some states as a whole, uh, they have not uh, listed the people as being dying from COVID. They may say they have pneumonia. They don't want, they were trying to hide the figures, so to speak. Yeah, they are trying to hide the figures, so it doesn't look as bad. But it's, it's pretty bad already. So y'all to save and the unsaved by having them yeah. to stay alive and get born again before it's ever too late by believing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They pass from death unto life before they die and after they die. You know, well, one thing, you know, uh, that you know that we all have to have to admit if, if people want to be real, that, that all that's going on right now, we just named four different Imagination, you know, and that's why I said these are the things that 
the media is reporting because a lot of stuff is not, is not getting into the media and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's not. And Shad, you know, you live on a computer just about, so you know what I'm talking about around the world that all the stuff that's taking place. Mm-hmm. It's just it's kind of craziness that's happening. But since we live in America, right, mm-hmm. we're all focused on just what's happening here. But if you go switch on, um, go on different news sites, you start seeing stuff pop up. I'm like, what? That happened over there as well? Right, right. And, that, and that's the thing about us having this uh, electronic media that we have now. You know, uh, we were saying now, where we, well, I know that, well, being a person that's, you know, helped bring social media to, to reality, you know, you know, around the country, you know, some things that I was involved with, when we didn't have what we have now, the access to look at your news 24 hours a day. You know, Scott, Rev, we were kids, they had four, three, t- four TV stations, right, Scott? That's right, that's NBC, right. ABC, CBS, and PBS. Yes. And, yeah, and we and, and I was the actual remote for my dad. Yeah. I'd have to get up from the couch and change yeah. the uh, channels for my dad. Yeah, all you get to go to the TV set, and then those days, Cheyenne, uh, it was really funny that uh, you know at ten That's o'clock, everything went off the TV. Yep. It shut down. Wow. And then they had the same other things. They said, you know, your kids don't have ten o'clock. And there was nothing on TV. Could you could you imagine that a world there was nothing on TV? No, I can't. I can't. But I believe you. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Ira, it was something yes, on sir. TV. The the Indian head was on there. Remember, Native American oh, Indian. <laughs> when the TV go off, his head was on there. That was on the screen, <laughs> what you can see. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that that was that was how life was. Know, back then, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, well, uh, right now we're about to change the subject. We just got one of our people with the census, uh, Patriot. How are you doing today, Patriot? I'm good. How are you today? Did I pronounce your name right? It's Phaedra. Okay. Phaedra Nelson, yep. Plus, you know, uh, Hello, Ira and Caroline. And Caroline just joined in also. So today, <laughs> today we had a, this is a rarity today, okay, we're excited about this, that we actually have two people from the census talking to us today. And so, and, and it's also, uh, I'm telling uh, uh, Pedro and also uh, Carolyn that about Cheyenne being a person that's in genealogy business and how important it is for the census record to be kept for people who do gene- genealogy. And so, so having said that, uh, we're going to introduce uh, you, know, you to the whole team, uh, Carolyn, Caroline, I'm sorry, and uh, in Pedro. That's fine, I said right? Yeah, Adrian, that's right. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 Cheyenne is a very young lady who just uh, started, started college in Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, uh, Missouri, in Kansas City, Missouri, and also she's got a scholarship from the, from the uh, Cherokee Nation. And also, she started her own business, which is genealogy. And so, so later on in the program, she's going to be asking you guys some questions, okay, about genealogy and how it benefits her business and how important census information is for people like herself, who started with a whole new business line right now, you know, that's, that's, that's dedicated.
Medicaid or Medicaid on the NF Medicaid you can collect right now. So now, without any further ado, Pedro, uh, you call your first. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my name is Phaedra uh, Nelson, and I'm the Healthy Schools, Healthy Communities, uh, Community Wellness Director for the Gateway Region YMCA. I am housed out of the Emerson Family YMCA, which sits in Ferguson. Okay, and, and, that, and that's a brand new YMCA, YMCA too, by the way. Yeah, it's actually being remodeled as we speak. It's being updated and remodeled as we speak now. <laughs> And also, it's, it can't happen in Dodo, okay? And our radio station kind of came out of the Michael Brown era, for lack of a better description, okay? And so did the, the YMCA, you know, being improvements there is taking place. And so these are the things that uh, that improvements are being made in Ferguson, uh, and that some other things are taking place. So right now we're at Caroline saying, how you doing, Caroline? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. So um, I want to clarify, I don't actually work for the census this time around. I did work for the census in 2010, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, this time around, I'm participating as a community leader. Uh, I founded an organization called the Missouri Asian American Youth Foundation, which is the first uh, Asian American statewide organization. And I also sit on the State Complete Counts Committee and the St. Louis County Complete Counts Committee. So Complete Counts Committees are just ways for community members to be involved to make sure that everyone gets counted for the census. Uh, yeah, really excited to be with everyone today and to hear more about the genealogy. I have a fascination with history and family history. <laughs> well, so do I. Okay. Well, Caroline, since you kind of came in last, tell us a little bit about your organization first, you know, and how this is benefit you guys. Sure. So uh, I founded this organization. It's uh, devoted to promoting leadership amongst youth uh, so that we could have, as Asian Americans, a statewide voice ahead of the 2020 census. Um, and one of the things I've been able to do as a member of the State Complete Counts Committee is to have uh, the state pay for ads in Spanish and in Chinese to those communities, right? I think I'm the only member of the state committee that speaks more than one language. So we're able to bring some of my lived experience to bear. Uh, you know, and I would talk about how things are for my grandmother who's been in um, the U.S. since the 80s but doesn't speak any English. Uh, and so some of the things that the youth have done is they've had census and bubble tea chats. They have, uh, they made very creative TikTok videos promoting the census. Uh, we had a little competition. Um, but one of the things that I just love about the census, as you and I discussed earlier, is it's a great way for people to meet other folks and to make sure that all of our communities have the resources that we need. Uh, you know, whether that's making sure our roads get repaired, resources for our schools, our hospitals, which is really key in this time of COVID-19. Uh, and I think what folks don't realize is it's just really fast to do, and also this is the first time that you can fill out the census online. I timed myself and my husband's uh, census online, so for two of us, it took somewhere between two and three minutes. Yeah, my wife did the same thing, yeah, about less than five minutes, put it like that. And, and, that, and that actually, actually is amazing, okay, for people to have that 
sort of been available to them, you know, and not and not want to want to be able to you know to take advantage of it. And, you know, you know, uh, mm-hmm. again, one of the things that uh, in the St. Louis area, I'm quite sure in most places, that the Asians, you know, in the, you know, in those communities are normally overlooked and not counted all the time. Because sometimes they have, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to be counted. To talk to them, how how does this change this time around? So that's a great question. I think that uh, you know, various communities, immigrant communities, New American communities, um, different communities may have uh, more of a wariness about the census, just in general, right? Like folks don't want the government knocking on their door. So if you filled it out at home, that was a good way to make sure that you know no one's going to visit you. So um, you can still self-respond to the census, and you can respond online at 2020census.gov, or uh, the census sends out paper forms. If you haven't filled it out yet, you can uh, mail it back, and they prepaid postage, or you can dial uh, by phone. If you dial 844-330-2020, you can fill out the census on the phone, and then that would uh, make it less likely that someone knocks on your door. I think this time around, um, you know, one of the things that we've been telling folks, and that's always been true, is it's very safe to fill out the census. It's done by law to protect your answers and keep them confidential. So every employee of the census takes an oath to protect everyone's personal information, and uh, violating that oath is a crime that's punishable by prison time or and or a fine. Um, so... That's just, you know, the census takes it very seriously. It's also protected by Title 13. Uh, The other thing folks should know, it's constitutionally required for us to have a census, and it's a way for everyone to participate in our democracy and to say that we count. And here in Missouri, every um, person who gets counted, that's $13,000 over the next 10 years for our communities, right? So if we care about our schools, we care about our parks, we care about all our local resources, and we got to make sure that we have the resources. And, um, you know, so the state has done a, is about keeping pace with the national rate of self-response. Uh, but in St. Louis, uh, the rate is 52.7, which is below our uh, national and state self-response rates of 65.9 and 65.2 percent. So we really want to encourage folks to increase that rate, and we find that the best information comes from people filling it out themselves. Okay, now, Peyton, could you tell a little bit about, when you work with the YMCA's, how are they working, how this uh, helping you guys, and how you helping the community to make sure we get some good numbers? Well, uh, first of all, we started the North County Count Committee, which is uh, mainly focusing on uh, the North County, St. Louis North County, in regards to the census. So we were very proactive in getting uh, community leaders, businesses, uh, organizations, nonprofits, and everyone together in order to focus mainly on the North County areas of being up those uh, census numbers. So we have been uh, influential in doing ambassador training uh, throughout the North County and all the municipalities to uh, have those leaders be able to connect with their communities and other leaders in the community that they trust in order to inform them about the census. Uh, we did 10 rallies in order to bring a little awareness to the youth, therefore can kind of oppose those 
kind of questions to their parents and get them on board with competing expenses. Of course, we've been very heavily involved with uh, the Urban League and a lot of the food drives. They film out here in North County and towards Jamestown Mall, as well as Lewiston Valley Community College. So we're just being real perfect about getting that information out to all of our municipalities. Uh, we all collectively work together. Uh, and like I said, this uh, and leaders and elected officials as well uh, to make sure that we got the word out. Uh, Complete yard signs, backpack drives, and things like that um, to make sure that people are completing the census. You know, the one of the things I have to say that you know, I, I said tongue in cheek a little bit, compared to what you, what you just described in North County in that area, you know, I can see why the numbers is up, but in the city, uh, Rev, I haven't seen that same amount of enthusiasm in the city, okay, by the, the, the Mexico officials, organizations being as, as uh, I can't say gun hope, but as proactive as you guys have been about. And I that's why I can say the numbers reflect, okay, that you guys have done a good job kind of being proactive and also reaching out and, and getting a good response from the people. From the, the numbers reflect that. I think you guys are doing an excellent job. And naturally, there's more to be done, okay? Because I know people start having, having, you know, send the forms back in and stuff, you know. Now, one of the things, okay, uh, and, I, and I, I know this is a question that's up in the air right now. Uh, ideally, you know, traditionally, I should say, um, this has always ended up in the month of uh, in, in Halloween. I call it Halloween Day. You know, this mm -hmm. was the last day, uh, you know, for, for the census. And, but this year, then it's been moved back 30 days. I mean, no, shorter than 30 days, I should say. 31 days, because you know, we have 31 days in October. You know, um, and there's been lawsuits uh, being filed. You know, I know most recently I've been trying to follow that. Uh, the judge kind of gave a stay. And then I read some place where one place was starting to collect the information from the, from the people. Uh, but in Missouri, how things, I do know that most recently that they've been having more people in the same area also uh, this past week, okay? So that doesn't seem like right now that it's going to be shut down in time. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, you got to go first. Hello? Well, so on the lawsuit, I can't um, actually comment on it because there's an active court case. I don't have a comment on it. But I think the key message is that, um, you know, uh, we as St. Louisans, uh, you know, our community, uh, the key message hasn't changed. We need to respond to the census today and we need to do it to shape our community's future. Uh, on the city, um, and the elected officials. I will say I had a really excellent conversation with State Rep. Wiley Price yesterday, and he is organizing a number of elected officials to uh, increase um, responses for the census. So he's taken that upon himself because he is concerned about his district. Right. And yet the city has a complete counts committee, um, and we were meeting prior to the pandemic, but we haven't met since. Obviously, um, I think, you know, the census was having, you know, computers at libraries, both in the city and in the county uh, to help people fill out the forms. But 
um, one of the ways that, you know, folks, so ideally you fill it out online or over the phone or you mail back your form. The other uh, way that you can do it is there's a rotating kind of census pop-up tables called Mobile Questionnaire Assistance Centers, and those are going to be at groceries, they're going to be at churches, they're going to be at um, food drive locations uh, around the city and the county uh, up through um, the end of the month. Well, you know, you know, Pedro, I go to you on this one, okay, because you work with a lot of young people, you know, and, and, and old people at the same time through the YMCA. How has, well, I know, you know, in North Carolina, so you guys are, you know, are doing a great job there, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, and getting the people out, you know, and they're being very proactive. Uh, 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 Carolyn missing uh, uh, Price, you know, and unfortunately, you know, we are like a couple weeks out. If, that's, if, 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 if they stay true to, you know, what they're doing now. But uh, in the city of St. Louis, uh, I, I haven't seen them being proactive, you know, as much as they, I think they should have been months ago. You know, right. the numbers up, because as I, Scott and I were talking to somebody off the air earlier, that the city of St. Louis, people in the city needed more so than ever, you know, with, you know, with, you know, with the numbers and stuff, with, 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 you know, with that. Uh, with, you know, the, with the senior citizens being there, you know, needing, you know, hospitalization, you know, medical care and, you know, uh, the housing and all the things that they would benefit from the numbers being high, they'd be the most, you know, they would benefit the most and need the most, but they don't seem to be responding to it. Okay. And, and I'm we...
having our mayors and our elected officials, all the persons, council persons involved in this, which a lot of them were in North County, that was a big, that was a big thing for us to be able to get things done in North County. You know, you know, you know, I haven't been involved in politics, you know, uh, in a lot of in the city. Uh, I see that the, 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 the real, help me out on this, real, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, the, the counties are more organized because you have a whole lot more black mayors right now who want to get their the numbers up in their cities for benefits. Yeah. And so they have a vested interest, you know, in making sure uh, in, 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 in the numbers as well as making sure that, you know, that, uh, they can get out there, and they counsel people out there, as well as all the right people out there, or even the committee people, and they stay reps and stay citizens. So, unfortunately, in the city, we don't have that same type of manpower, okay? You know, right. where we have one mayor, okay, and, and you know, and, and, and they follow her lead. And I haven't, and I, I don't think that uh, uh, I've heard the mayor talk too many good times you know, publicly about how important the numbers are for the census. Yeah, I know some aldermen have a certain symptoms the residents have, but there seems to be a more concerted effort in the county. I know Charles was on, on the show a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago before he started, started this out, okay? And, you know, and I know his department, and they're doing all they can do, but more could be done. I think the city needs to be more progressive in a whole lot of ways because they don't want to need to be the most. Yeah. That, that's me. Am I right, Rare? You're right. I mean, they both voted better. Rare was just like in the 18th War, which is one of the bigger wars in the, in the uh, high voting black wars in the city of St. Louis, you know, uh, and progressive wars also. You know, they, they got a good location there. And uh, and they're, you know, doing a lot of things that for the communities. But I just, I don't, you know, and I'm saying speaking from a distance, you know, I don't see the uh, urgency that, 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 that you guys have put forth in the city. What about you? Am I right about that? Am I wrong about that? They they only uh, promote things that they want to promote, you know, that's interesting to them. But everything helps everybody in the universe, whatever goes on. It's going to help everybody in the universe, no matter what locality you're in. Well, and that's the thing right now, you know, as I'm saying, you know, to you guys in the county, you know, I had, you know, different people on so forth on our program that, uh, that I mean, it's like you, like you guys are coming in waves, you know, you know, people out there doing things. Like now we got, you know, the Asian, Asian community, we got the YMCAs, you know, we got Sanders uh, uh, County and other was on, you know, different people have been on so forth. Ed Bryant, you know, with, uh, with the United, United Way people like that, that are actually out there doing things, making sure, uh, to get the word out. And I think in our community, you know, if we know more about this, by the way, speaking of that, can you give the telephone number three times? Either one of you guys can do that. And I'll show we'll the number three times, that way people can get up, tell us and write it down. So what number can they call right now if they want to do that telephone? Sure. Um, they can call, uh, for English, they can call 844-330-2020. Again, that's number for responding to the census is 844-330-2020. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and uh, again, in English, it's 844-330-2020. I should also mention that the census is available online and over the phone in 13 languages in total. And so they've got different numbers for each of those. Uh, and also, if you, if you need help beyond that, they have a language assistance guide online in 59 languages. Hey, Ira, have any of your guests actually read aloud what kinds of questions are asked on the form? Because I think it's important. No, 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 that did not include in question one. Three, do you own a house, apartment, or mobile home? Four, what is your telephone number? Five, what is person one's name? What is person one's sex? What is person one's age? And what is person one's date of birth? Is person one of Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin? What is person one's race? What is person two's name? Does this person usually live or stay somewhere else? How is uh, person two related to person one? So if you have more people in your household, it continues on like that. But you can see it's really a very simple, very basic set of questions that, um, you know, the U.S. government asks every 10 years to kind of determine what kinds of resources go to a city, go to a state, go to a congressional district. And this is also how we've mentioned politics earlier. This is how our... Um, districts get drawn, right? So based upon these numbers, every 10 years, uh, our government redraws the lines for congressional districts, as well as uh, state and local uh, races, I mean, the districts. So it's very important, you know, for services, but also for representation. Yeah, you know, you know, one of the things, you know, those questions, you know, were so simple, and you know, and nothing, you know, nothing, you no, know, nothing. And by the way, out there before we start the show, Scott and I were talking. If a person uh, doesn't sense, there's nobody gonna come behind the, the numerator and check see if they did it right. You know, if they do, they're gonna take that back if you give them. So I mean, so it's not that somebody gonna be, you know, coming out you. All right, what did you do? Did you do this? You know, I mean, it's just by your own, you know, free will. If you give them the answer, that's what they're taking. Am I right? So, um, yeah, it's basically self-response. If you self-respond, right, particularly around the race issue, you can, um, if you, one is a uh, multicultural, right, if you have multiple ethnicities, you get to pick how you identify. That is one of the main uh, points of the census, right? So I have friends who, uh, you know, check off uh, three uh, ethnicities because that's how they identify. And then I have friends who just check one ethnicity that's how they identify. So it's um, it's really purely just so we have the information so we can figure out resource distribution, right? And I, I take the view that we all, for the most part, pay taxes, so we might as well get that money back for our roads. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm driving these roads and I hit a pothole, I'm like, dang. I really wish they would fix it. <laughs> 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 
we have some of the worst, worst roads and bridges in the whole country. You know, just like we talked about uh, like last week, okay, and, and the reason that we have those is because, A, we're not fixing them, and A, in some cases, they say we don't have the money. Well, the best way to get those fixed, okay, is to be counted. Yep. You know, well, I think a lot of that, too, is that people don't understand exactly sometimes what the results of the 2020 determines. You know, it determines how hundreds of billions of dollars of federal funding flows through in and out of our communities every year for the next decade. So I think once people understand that, because we run, I, I know out here in our county, we run into people who just weren't really even sure exactly what the census was and how it should change to him. So, I mean, the funding shapes many different aspects of our community, and I think once people were informed of that, they were more ready to complete the census to me. Um, uh, just knowing that, think about the local schools and the census results that come from the help that determines how much money is allotted to head start programs for books, for grants for teaching support and things like that, for special education. And I think a lot of people just were not aware of that. And once you educate them on that, then they were more reluctant to go ahead and complete the census because they had no idea that the census was involved with so much regarding our communities and things that we received for our communities. So I think that that was more of a push for us in North County and making people see that. And so that was a big help. Section 8, 
Those names might have been lost forever. And it's, it's just super important. Mm. But you know what I found was really interesting? I didn't know that it provided all this funding in the area. And that gives it a whole more, uh, gives me a new respect for it even more so. And also, Chuck DeBoer, our national vice president, just chimed in. And uh, Carol, you mentioned about the chambers, you know, looking at the, the, the statistics. Okay, for small business, I've been in Chuck. So the statistics are very important to our business and the chambers, you know, how can tell us about how we use that information? We found that the census data is the most reliable, most accurate. Um, particularly as it relates to the business uh, data and we've spent a number of well for a number of years we've been getting detailed briefings from the Census Bureau staff about how um, we can use it to our advantage and because the uh, information on black business particularly is so elusive that um, we don't have any place really to get it. And so the Census Bureau is provided as the best. Uh, but this year with the uh, virus impact, it's probably going to be the most challenging to see what's, what's what. And the fact that the census itself was going, was taking place during the um, this, this, this transition, this shakeup, um, you know, we'll be looking forward to see what the outcome is. You know, Chuck, one of the things, okay, that, like, like I say, we get real-time information. Uh, uh, Caroline mentioned, uh, by the way, Chuck, we got uh, uh, Cheyenne you know, uh, Zuman, you know, that usually loves so much, so she's on talking from a younger perspective about the census. And also, uh, we have um, uh, uh, Pedro Nelson from the YMCA on the line, and we also have uh, Caroline Fan, who's with the Hispanic organizations, make sure that they are getting involved with what's going on here. So we have you know, a whole lot of different people here today. And but one thing that with the chamber does, okay, I'll just explain it to all those people here, you know, how we are. Working now, okay, to take that information and give from the census and to provide it to different businesses that look at look at how they can help the back of the businesses. Am I right, Chuck? That's exactly right. As a matter of fact, we have a program that we just kicked off, you know, uh, here a nationwide program, you know, that I think you all be interested in. Chuck, tell them a little bit if you could about the American Dream Fund. The American Dream Fund is a, I'm going to use the word aggregated. It's a number of different um, don't need benefactors that can come together and give money that will be used for any number of different uses uh, as they designate. So, for example, you may be a just a person that's a concerned citizen and says, you see what's going on, and if there's anything you could do, what would it be? Well, there'll be businesses, there'll be organizations, there'll be um, 
nonprofit type organizations as well that you may say, well, like for the uh, for, for the National Black Chamber, there were some entities that just said, you know, we would like to do something for the community. We feel that the communities are mostly uh, impacted economically and that if there's viable businesses, if there are um, people that have money to shop or to just do things, then the economic cycle, the, uh, the ecology of, of economics has a chance to flow. And that's the origination of it, the idea. The concept has been to allow for large philanthropic uh, entities to have some place they can go and cover a lot of, uh, make, make a big impact um, as opposed to try to seek out an individual organization or entity, they can cover a lot. And so we've got our chambers in there, we're bringing in other types of uh, platforms that would be part of it, like the Black Shopping Network, Black Planet. Uh, I've even got some organizations uh, similar to 100 Black Men that represent communities and leadership in those communities that will allow us to uh, make some kind of uh, unified effort where we can make a suggestion that everybody goes to a certain uh, dry cleaners or a certain, uh, I won't say church, but churches could be in there as well, uh, to where some direct relationship could be had instead of a what, we, what you may call a general or vague type uh, uh, use of, of funds. So we have um, a number of different billionaire uh, philanthropic type organizations. One is a, uh, a group for family trust. And in order for you to be in this group, you have to have put a billion dollars up that you're going to donate. So it's called the Billionaires Club. And they're looking at it now and deciding how they're going to write up and write a, a check into what. And if you're in it and part of the group, you're going to get a benefit from it. You know, and one one of the things here, you know, the people on the phone here, okay, Missouri Latino Commerce, uh, if you one of our members and we didn't want to sponsor the city of Missouri, uh, we, can, uh, we can assure you that you will get a chance to put your platform in front of the people that Chuck just described, you know, and there's a whole lot of major corporate like American Express just came aboard this past week and stuff. And some other people are now coming aboard. I think we made an announcement on the 15th, right, Chuck? Yes, and if you are watching TV or getting your media, you're going to see a lot of uh, advertisement about Shaquille O'Neal partnering with American Express. Well, the whole program is called the Coalition to Back Black Business. And uh, they got a spokesman like uh, Shaquille O'Neal. And in the first week, we've uh, received close to 5,000 applications uh, for this $5,000 grant. And in the next couple of weeks, they're going to start awarding the grants and giving them out. Uh, and we're going to keep going as even other companies are contributing monies to add on to the number of grants we're able to offer. Uh, and so we're, 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 we're pleased. It's, it's really a small token of what's really needed, but it is a, an effort. 
some businesses, $5,000 makes a lot of difference. And other businesses, it's nowhere near enough. So we do what we can and we keep on trucking. Yeah, and, and, and right now, you know, uh, we, we know that in our community, in the St. Louis and Kansas City area, that we got people stepping up right now, you know, who are saying, you know, we want a grant, we need a grant. And also, like, you know, one of the things I think someone mentioned earlier with the census and stuff, you know, these our everyday people in our neighborhoods are going to be benefited from the program from the census also. And they can also benefit this program because black businesses, Nowadays, if you survive, able to survive now for what, what's going on and all these things that take place, you know, you know, that is a hard thing to do. A hard thing to do because you have know, a lot of businesses that are going out, out of business. Not just, you know, uh, like historically speaking, we have you know, major, major business around hundreds of years that's going out, going on right now. You know, Jeff, you mentioned the other day, well, last week, you brought, you brought over in Georgetown. Georgetown is a uh, area similar to what's what's the area there that you have where all the uh, uh, I think the Rich Carlton or Four Seasons Hotel and the stores and the Fontenac area. Yeah, Fontenac, Fontenac, mm-hmm. and you know the restaurants and all that. So Georgetown is similar to that. It's um, high-end stores, but there's a lot of boutiques, and even though it's a college area, it's also known as the D.C., one of the one of the areas for high-end stores in D.C. So driving down the street, normally you can't find a parking place, and there's people all on the sidewalks, you know, like you would imagine in New York City or somewhere like that, with a lot of uh, pedestrian traffic, a lot of people just kind of walking up and down the stores, spending their money shopping and uh, seeing what's there. So I drove through it last week and uh, I was just passing through because I hadn't been out in a long time. And I was looking, I was really taken aback by the boarded up windows and the vacancies. And then the restaurants have had to take up parking places with setting, they're trying to expand their uh, number of tables that they have that they had to use uh, outside because for a while here you could only serve food if you were serving it outdoors and now that the weather's changing and uh, they've expanded it to where it was 25% then they bumped it up to 50% in just this past week uh, at least in Maryland they have it up to 75% of capacity businesses, restaurants in particular, were not able to sustain at 25%. They really were having uh, difficulty, in, and part of it was because they weren't starting like at a break-even mode. They were starting in debt, and at 50% capacity, it was it was not a, a, a business model that could work. So you have parking places that are taken up now by... Uh, barriers and things that are where tables are being set. They actually were setting tables out uh, on the curb and people had to kind of walk around or walk through the, the, the serving area uh, around the tables to get up and down the sidewalks. And so that cut out parking places, the stores that are gone. And so it, it you know, we, the, the phrase here, they were calling it ghost town compared to what it used to be. 
Now, there's still stores open, and there's still things there, but nowhere near what it was. And that's just a visual confirmation of the impact of, of what's been happening and how far we've got to go to come back to where we were. Will it come back? Probably and likely, but in what period of time? It could take another year. And the other thing about it is that they're estimating in a survey of restaurant owners of any ethnicity, of any style, that 60% of them probably aren't going to reopen, at least not as it was. They may have had to go out of business, and maybe they'll come back in a different thing, but they're going to wait until they know what they're dealing with. And business models for what's going on now. So on the other hand, what what is happening? Where where What's the pivot? What's going on? So... We have DoorDash just became a member of the National Black Chamber this past week. Uh, before that, we've been talking to Grubhub, and even uh, we have a membership with uh, an organization called Instacart. Instacart is the company that principally does a lot of deliveries for grocery stores. And those type of companies have ramped up, but their, their, their databases are all... Uh, uh, obsolete because so many businesses are gone. If, if you're primarily de- dealing with restaurants and 60% of them are gone, you got to now go back to the drawing board and almost rebuild your business. So that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, and, and I guess the thing that's the most important here is that uh, more so than ever before, uh, the Black Chamber Congress, you know, we're becoming more or less, you know, uh, uh, of to the problem because we kind of called out the problem months ago, Chuck, when this thing first hit, when affirmative action and other things were being eliminated, you know, as, as our rights, you know, and, and we called, you know, call a call, you know, we got on our website, matter of fact, you know, the, the, the group call we had that brought attention to what was taking place here, and now these are some of the results of, of what we saw that back in the spring, what did you know, I forgot that time passed so fast, but like we were we were talking about that in January and February when they first started saying that this thing was happening in China, and we we had no idea of just the tip of the iceberg that we were feeling and we were seeing. It's kind of like you know an iceberg where a little bit of it sticks up above the water where you can see it, but you have no idea how big it is underneath. You know, it's kind of like the Titanic. Titanic thought they were going around them, and they ran right up on one that they couldn't see underneath them. And that's exactly the type of scenario we're in now where, you know, who would have thought that you could link racial unrest to a health crisis? You know, I mean, we didn't see it. We didn't see that, and I don't think the majority of society saw that, but if you studied it and you look at these trickle effects, civil unrest is part of it. The uh, spike in the sale of guns, the violence that you're seeing in the cities, the exploit the exploit of these occurrences are leading to other types of issues going on. Not to mention that we're in a presidential election year. So, you know, praise God that all this will be over soon as far as the uh, politics of it are concerned. 
and you know that's what they talk about day in and day out are you know the political ramifications in the meantime people people are still suffering as yeah, much or more than ever and if you're that i think we will turn down to people you know in the numbers you're counting and and then you're not over yet you know and we just and, I, and, and we saw the virus you know being, being discovered the people had had eight years ago they still haven't got the, the virus for that year. a whole lot of other diseases right now that are out there they get vaccines quickly, vaccines for, you know, it's in like months and stuff like that. It takes time to develop a vaccine that's going to be effective, you know, and that's why I said now, you know, the basic thing, like Chuck said, if you've been in the house for quite a while, like I have been, what else, you got to go out because, you know, with, with what's going on in this world, now, you know, it's, we don't have a slightest idea. As a matter of fact, we going to be, we're going to make this simple track that we have this year that people that were counted back in April. I'm going, well, maybe a hundred thousand people are going, I couldn't, who were counted back in, back in April, I would imagine. You know, just, just from those census related deaths. No, not since, I'm sorry, COVID-19 related deaths. That, you know, uh, we talked earlier about the nursing homes in China, we talked about those things taking place. So there's a lot of stuff that's taking place. And uh, we at the Missouri Bay Chamber of Commerce and the National Chamber of Commerce, we're trying to be what we would call a person, uh, organization, that we work with everybody, and right now what we're doing is going to affect everyone. And the whole idea is that we're in this, in this boat together. Like right now, with the COVID-19 uh, or coronavirus, if it can, what, what color race you are, uh, even how old you are, we found that out. Age has nothing to do with it. You know, there were times people thought they were young, it didn't affect them. Well, guess what? Look at the colleges right now. This thing is for real. And we're trying to you know, prepare for what the thing with get some normalcy back, you know, do we know which way to go? Am I on this chuck and correct me if I'm wrong? No, you're absolutely right. But, and, and you're also bringing attention to the, I'm going to call it the spin. You know, they, they try to say, oh, don't worry, it's just black folks or just people with high blood pressure, or just people that work in uh, service positions or whether you got to be on a cash register or delivery or any of those kinds of things. And now they're finding out, well, we're finding out by fact. And, you know, if they go through now and they say, well, they're talking about the names of the 200,000 people. Who are these 200,000 people? We're finding out that it's all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they were trying not to panic. You know, even you'll hear President Trump say, well, I didn't want to panic people, and you and I, that's what we talked about in the beginning, is they weren't reporting what was really happening, uh, and they didn't want to panic. Well, it might have been better to go ahead and panic people that's a little right. bit, you know, and scare them, scare them straight. Yeah. You know, but still, but still, that's, but see, you, you talked about one thing in particular. You and I said, you know what, we don't have to, we don't feel we need to go out there right now. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to keep working and stay home and not have to deal with it. Now, when you know, when you know somebody, somebody gets close to you and they've gotten it, or you see what's going on, uh, like on Facebook, I saw some posts of people that had it. Do you know the strain that's out here now? People are having to learn how to walk again. Yeah. They're, they're losing body functions. It's, it's, it's vicious. 
you know, it's a lot to gamble with in your own life or your or your family's welfare, people you around. You know, we try to have we try to have football games. We try to put people in stadiums. You know, the economy and the business of of entertainment and socializing and sports, not to mention you know nightclubs and bars and things like that. This stuff, man, it, it, it's 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 wiped it out. one of the ways that they figured out how many masks they needed to get is actually from census numbers, right? So then they had an accurate count of their residents. Um, I, I'm sorry, I dropped off accidentally. I, I don't know somehow of the call and I got back on. So I'm not sure if there's something that I missed. But the other thing I wanted to bring up, because you had mentioned the college campuses, there is one important exception to the April 1st uh, guideline for the census that I don't think a lot of folks know about, but because I work with a lot of college students, I wanted to tell your audience. College students and graduate students are actually supposed to be counted where they should have been on April 1st. So a lot of folks had to leave their campuses or leave their dorms or leave their apartments to go back home to be with their families. So they should not be counted with their parents or wherever they went to. They should be counted where they would have been had they been on campus. It's very important because, you know, St. Louis, we have um, 12 universities. There's a lot of colleges in the state. And so um, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I've talked to parents who uh, had counted their kids with them, right? And that's actually a big exception for the census, but they did put out guidance on that. And I think the other thing that you talked about, Ira, is very important, that we all need to work together, right? Whether it's the pandemic or the census. So I've been working with the Tendo for Africa, which is an African immigrant group. I've been working with um, Hispanic Leaders Group. I've been working with Regional Muslim Action Network. So, you know, we, we all work together to make sure that we have a common goal that we're working towards, make sure we all get counted, because it's in our best interest that everyone is counted so that we all have um, resources for our schools, for our roads, for our hospitals. Uh, you know, my husband works actually at Barnes Jewish, and um, in the beginning days of the pandemic, it was just so, I was so anxious all the time. You know, I was worried that um, the hospitals would be overwhelmed the way that we saw in New York, right? And um, fortunately, knock on wood, that has not happened to us yet here, but uh, it's really key that we all come together, work together to keep um, case, the case vote low, and then also to make sure that we have everyone counted in all the resources that we can have going forward. So I think a lot of um, governments are going to be facing budget deficits, so it makes it even that much more important that we fill out the census. You know, so one, one of the things that Carolina is speaking, okay, and she's going to be working, we're going to be working closer together 
as a, you know, as we, you know, one thing that is called we do the census, okay? We, we're standing out basically the chamber, uh, letting a lot of people know who we are and kind of who they are, how we can kind of work in our community. And the stuff, you know, it's just made out that Chuck, I think it's information that most people don't hear about. And that's why Chuck is our global ambassador. <coughs> Excuse me, and he sells it around the world. So Chuck, tell us a little bit, if you got to let time go, how has this been a this pandemic affecting the rest of the world that we don't hear about? Chuck? I'm sorry, I'm muted. Um, you, you can say you can say that when we when we get the sniffles, <laughs> they get a pneumonia. It's it's terrible. It's bad. Uh, think of think of it like this. Think of all these countries. I mean, you can name any place you want to go. Tourism is a huge huge part of their economy. It's gone. It's cut out. It's even to the point where they, we don't even want Americans in here. Because it, it, all the other problems that come because you're the most infected in the world. And so it's starting to, to open back up a little bit. But they've got, once that money's lost, you can't really make it up. you got to start over again. So uh, business-wise, the commerce has slowed down. I got a friend that is um, opening a Mary Kay distributorship, and they can't even ship product just based on company policy. A lot of companies are shipping, but they're trying to be safe, and they run a business where it has to do with person-to-person uh, -person type, you know, uh, like I call it a Tupperware party or something. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it's network marketing. Those, those businesses are really hurt. I mean, and there's a lot of people that are self-employed or 1099 uh, that are impacted from it. But globally, we're talking with uh, all of our, our friends. We have Africa that is saying they, they, they got to get some type of communicative bridge going, which is another uh, dimension of the American Dream Fund, to where they're a part of it. We have the Canadians. We've got... Um, South America, which is Brazil and Colombia in particular, and a number of other smaller countries, but they're huge millions, uh, millions of, of black businesses that are pretty much shut down. And the difference is they don't have, uh, they never had stimulus money. When they did, it was, you know, we were getting $600 and they were doing something if they got $100. And then, it, and then it's gone. But Chuck, guess what? The clock is upon us right now, so we need to, uh, we always get Chuck some words of, of some pearls of wisdom to give us, okay, but we're going to thank Pedro and work with the YMCA here, uh, Carolina, <coughs> the organizations, you know, and also the census for being a part of our program, and also being, being a Cheyenne, you know, with our census, without the Zoom, without the uh, generations you've been very insightful today, so Chuck, give us some pearls of wisdom for crucial time and don't don't allow your personal clock to force you to try to change God's nature this thing is playing out but it, it could easily be towards uh, till spring till we really see what's what they're expecting another uh, 
measurable impact here by November, possibly December. Um, things are the economy. Everything is starting to see some daylight, but it's not done yet. So be patient. You know, keep your faith. Believe in what you believe, and do your own due diligence. Do your own homework. Believe and keep your family safe, and do all you can to keep your kids engaged in some type of uh, academic environment. Now, on that note, we're going to say thank you. This lunch with the Blue Knight Human Conference for uh, the week of September the 19th. Time goes on. I thank everyone for being involved. Thank you for Cheyenne. Life is good. Thanks, Chuck. Thank uh, uh, Pedro. Thank you for Caroline. Thank you for Cheyenne and Rev and Scott. My name is Aaron Folks. I'm to the Zubac Team of Commerce. Life's good and have a great weekend. Yeah, I'll take it out here.